Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA radio wherever they get their podcasts. Live from Trackside, this is IMSA Radio. It was 25 years ago this weekend that I made my first trip to the United States of America and uh, along with some other bits and pieces I rocked up here uh, at bits and pieces of travelling I rocked up here at Mission Raceway Road Atlanta for the very first Petit Le Mans 1998 no championship then just a one-off race but look what's gone and happened since Amazing to think it's a quarter of a century ago that I was standing in the old Michelin Tower, probably about another 10 metres to my right, looking down on a very different looking racetrack back in those days. Dr. Don Panos decided to have the small Le Mans in his backyard just outside Brazelton, Georgia. And he wanted the voices of Radio Le Mans in France to be part of that and without that who knows I don't think I'd be here right now and probably wouldn't have IMSA radio broadcasting to you either my goodness the technology's changed as well we were on a telephone line broadcasting and now I've got so much equipment I could probably put something on the moon good morning welcome to Motul Petit Le Mans for 2022 We've got the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship as our headline event on Saturday. Cars about to go out onto the track for the first time. Free practice one comes up next, live here on IMSA Radio. The WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio. And in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre alongside me is Jeremy Shaw. Good morning, Jeremy. Uh, Welcome along to this celebration of uh, endurance and sports car GT racing that has, uh, well, in fact, 25 years ago, rapidly uh, established itself as one of the Blue Riband races in the global sports car calendar. Uh, an hour and 30 minutes on the clock here for the first taste of action for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. And it's a season of farewells, uh, season-ending uh, farewells here this weekend. The last hurrah for the DPIs. Some people have been fairly snitty about the DPIs down through the years. But as it stands right now, they will go out on top. They are the fastest prototype endurance racing cars in the world right now and this is their final outing and what great entertainment 
they've given us uh, in this current iteration. Yeah, over 15, this will be the 59th and final race for the DPI category since it was introduced for the 2017 season. And it has provided some uh, tremendous competitions. The green flag comes out on this first official practice session of the week. Many of the teams have been here testing over the previous few weeks. But uh, absolutely glorious condition right now. What a fabulous sight that is. Looking back down towards the Michelin Bridge here. And that uh, the, the, the pit lane, here, that, was the pit lane here back 25 years ago? On that side of the racetrack? Yes. Was it? Okay, fine, yeah. It must, I think it was... Maybe. Yeah. I, no, I think it was. It had just been done before this. Yeah, yes. okay. Because uh, I've been coming here a lot longer than that. Many people here at the race have been coming here a long last. In fact, the uh, the race engineer for the number 20 car in this race, a high-class racing Oroca LMP2 car, Dave Benbow, uh, he was last here in 1990 with the TWR Jaguar team. So he goes back a long, long time. That was the last time he was here. So it's changed a bit since, uh, since he was last here. He was going to do the track walk last night. Thoroughly looking forward to it. I saw him yesterday and I said, Dave, when was the last time you were here? It didn't, didn't take him long to think, yeah, Jaguar, Pete, Jaguar, Tom Walkinshaw Racing, fabulous era of sports car racing. But yeah, talking of fabulous eras, I mean, for me, this is the glory years right now of sports car racing. This DPI formula has been tremendous. Yeah, we've only got seven cars this weekend, but I'll tell you what, all seven are capable of winning this race. And if you go back over the, uh, over the history of sports car racing, it's very rare. In fact, probably non-existent. You could say that every single car in the category had an opportunity to win the race, uh, had the, the potential, I should say, to win the race. Everybody has an opportunity, but the real potential, no, that's somewhat um, somewhat rarer. But uh, there's no question that any of these cars here this weekend, and as John was saying, the performance of these cars is seriously impressive. Um, the, 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 uh, there was a back-to-back weekend at Sebring earlier this year, Super Sebring, where the World Endurance Championship cars were... Uh, racing as well, new hypercars that have been introduced over the last year or so, and uh, the DPIs were significantly quicker. And uh, all of the drivers who, who, who drive you know, around the world in sports cars at the top level just love driving these DPI cars, and particularly at somewhere like here at Michelin Road, Road Atlanta, which is just a fabulous challenge uh, in in all respects. Uh, track limits, forget about track limits here. Uh, if you if you r- run outside the, the confines of the track, you're probably going to find a wall. So we don't need any track limits uh, penalties here. This is a proper old-school racetrack, and one that the drivers absolutely love. They adore it. A uh, little bit of a foobar at the beginning there for Ryan DL. Uh, unusually for the Aero Motorsport, the blue number 18 car. Left his pit box early, so he'll have to come back in. Uh, temperature is a... Uh, temperate. I'm not allowed to say cold. I was told this morning. Uh, it's it's crawled its way up the 15 Celsius, which is uh, 59 Fahrenheit, 61 Fahrenheit, or 16 on the track. Not much wind to talk about at the moment. Blue skies, and as the sun comes up, uh, the, those temperatures, both on air, in air and track, will climb fairly quickly. So there has been a bit of testing going on, Jeremy, in the last few weeks, which some of the teams took their uh, opportunity to do. Uh, hello to Dead Squirrel, by the way, and the rest of the marshals and corner workers at IMSA Radio, if you want to get in touch with us. Uh, Dead Squirrel on post at Turn 11, a bucket list flag station, uh, uh, which is uh, at the top of the hill. And so they should actually be able to see us down 
Philip here. I'm giving them a quick wave in the Michelin Tower. We are um, not quite at the very pit out end of things here. A couple of windows back from that. I can see some orange Marshalls overalls there. Hello, everybody. And thank you, as ever, to all of our volunteers, whether it's people on flag stands, track cleanup, medical, of course, or indeed any of the logistics and others around the circuit. As we were leaving last night, there was the night shift coming on to make sure everything was going to be all right, make sure all the spectators were getting parked in the right place, so whether you're helping to park cars and RVs, punching tickets or you're waving flags, we thank you. You know what I always say, you're giving us your most precious gift, that of your time, and we know how hard it is, so thank you very much indeed. And uh, Just remember that if things get a little bit busier later on, Tune in to 98.1 FM. You won't miss anything around the circuit. Thanks to Dave Miller, as ever. Been here since 1990. Wasn't he here the first year I was here, but he's been here since 1999. So all of the series years and the, the PA, the FM transmitters, my goodness, how they have changed down through the years as well. Just talking to Mr. Miller earlier on in the week. It's the track that I've been to most in the United States. We've had at least one visit here pretty much every year. Two visits sometimes. We used to have a spring race as well, a shorter race, 2 hours 45. Raced on a Sunday. Then we could go to Lanier, the little oval behind us, for the Saturday night short track races. That was good fun. Wherever you're joining us from in the world, thank you very much on a busy motorsport weekend and we'll take you all the way through till, well, after the chequered flag on Saturday and that is still the plan here by the way obviously IMSA keeping a weather eye literally on everything that's going on further south and for our listeners who have friends, family or indeed are themselves down in Florida or further south our thoughts with you look after yourselves but at the moment it's a Saturday race there's a little bit of wiggle room on Saturday should it be required and uh, things changing all the time with now tropical storm Ian uh, having done a handbrake right halfway up the west coast of Florida keeping an eye on that I mean you would not believe how gorgeous the weather is if you aren't here at the moment it is azure blue skies and I can barely see a cloud if I look all the way down to turn one and into the distance there there's a tiny bit of cirrus in the distance but this Jeremy as far as it this morning is absolutely fantastic in terms of the weather temperature's just coming up nicely now for the Michelin tyres yeah it doesn't get much better than this does it and uh, we've already seen this morning, the IMSA prototype challenge cars are out for their second official practice session, getting ready for qualifying, which will which will uh, follow up right after this first practice session of the day for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship contenders. Also for 
qualifying for the Porsche Carrera Cup North America the final weekend of the season also for that series new lap records uh, officially in qualifying for the uh, for the Porsches and unofficially of course because there's only practice for the LMP3 cars but yeah conditions right now absolutely perfect and we will see no doubt about it some very very fast times as this session unfolds that record for the uh, DPI cars is a 108.402 that was set in qualifying for this race in 2020 by Dane Cameron in the Acura fastest the pole time last season not quite as quick 108.678 for Felipe Nasser went on to win the championship of course one year ago for the number 31 team the race lap record was set by also by Felipe Nasser back in 19 actually 108.869 fastest lap last year 109.3 by Nasser also loved this racetrack uh, and uh, I'm sure it won't be too long I don't, I don't know whether we'll get down to lap record times in this session but certain <laughs> conditions are very very good see if we can check in with our pit lane team for this first uh, session still getting things sorted out as far as our TV colleagues are concerned in terms of uh, getting things ready, they're not on the air for until much, much later on uh, in the week, of course. Uh, so let's see if Shea Adam can hear us. Good morning, Shay. Good morning, John. Ah. You can hear me because I can hear myself. Excellent. Uh, yes, uh, you said that you're not allowed to call it cold. Well, I'll say that it's pretty chilly down here. It's in between light jacket or just a long sleeve t-shirt. But that means that it's going to take a little bit more time to get the heat into the Michelin tires this morning. 23 sets of Michelin tires allowed for the LMP2 and DPI teams across the entirety of the weekend. So that allotment began at the start of this first practice session. 19 sets of tires for P3, GTD Pro, and GTD AM, as it is, GTD regular. Um, so there's no shortage of tires, and of course, any wet weather tires you use does not come out of that allocation. But people still being a bit smart, I'm seeing a lot of tires scrubbing going on this morning. People putting new sets on, wearing them in for about a lap or two, and then coming in. One team doing that right now, Wright Motorsports in their Porsche, with Jan Halen behind the wheel coming into its pit box now. Very tight pit boxes as well with a lot of people out here that could prove to be important during the race uh sure is gonna head off and use this session to get a whole heap of interviews and she'll have to uh, have a wits about her because down there we have the uh imsa radio duracell bunny that is andrew marriott good morning andrew and welcome back to imsa radio Thanks very much, John. Good morning. I'm making my first climb up a ladder at the Pratt Perch of Wayne Taylor Racing. And I know that I've got to find up here Brendan Hartley and Felipe Albuquerque because I saw them coming up here. So here I am. Let's uh, talk to Brendan first. Brendan, great to have you back in IMSA. Nice to see you here at uh, Petit Le Mans. Yeah, it's great to be back. The last time I was here was 2017 and the first time... 2013. I have a lot of nice memories here and yeah, Philippe and Ricky and all the team are trying to get me up to speed as quick as possibly, but uh, as quick as possible, uh, I'm going to discover the car for the first time in a minute. So yeah, a bit stressed at the moment, but it's going to be okay. How easy is it to make the transition from your WEC car to this? I'll let you know in half an hour or so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, excellent. But I guess it's a bit more relaxed here, is it? Not quite so much pressure. I, they're fighting for a championship, so there's a bit of pressure this weekend. There is a bit. I mean, you're fighting for the championship. Let me just uh, get Felipe here. Felipe, you've been in this whole season. 
You've got a 19-point lead in the championship over the people right next door to you, Mike Shank Racing, and uh, obviously looking for a strong race. Oh, yeah, obviously, and especially as the years pass, like we can see that in IMSA, you only win the championship in the last last lap and last corner, which was last year. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we need to stay sharp and uh, never, you know, take anything for granted for whatever goes on. And, you know, Schenck has been so consistent, so competitive, but so we can be as well. Uh, so it's going to be a hell of a race. It's a very strange thing because looking at the results of Wayne Taylor Racing winning this event, it's always on an even year. So it's like 20 and... Uh, and one year they missed out, I think they won 14, 16 and 20 or something like that. So it is 22, so it should be a good omen. I, I hope so. I mean, I, I just at the moment, I, I'm trying to align all the chakras, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Uh, to, to, to go on our way because there is so many things that can go out of our way. It seems as well that the monsoon is going a little bit less, you know, less rain maybe, but we never know. So I, I'm just, you know, I think the pressure is super high on everyone. Great to see you here. Thanks, guys. So that's it, Wayne Taylor Racing. Uh, what a great squad here. And I don't know if Wayne's down. I can't see him at the moment, but we'll catch up with him later. And uh, I'll probably go and see Mr. Shank next and see what he's got to say for himself. Back to you, John. Watch out. No, 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 you go, you go. Uh, Ari, Mr. Barry, just before you disappear... Yeah, um, yeah, I'm going down the ladder, yeah. Right, all right, all right I'll let you get down the ladder, yes. ladder first. Um, how many of your books have you got with you, then, as you're climbing down oh, the dear, ladder? Oh, dear, John, I've only got three or four left. Oh, really? Uh, so, yeah. Oh, just to say, you know, Jeremy was here a long time ago. Um, I was here in 1972 <laughs> making a TV commercial for BF Goodrich, and I got very well paid. <laughs> you told me you earned half a year's salary for that uh, that TV. Yeah, I was working for Motorsport magazine back then, and um, yeah, it's all in the book. We, we recounted the story yesterday. Just to tell you that Brendan is uh, getting his crash helmet on, so he's going to be out in the car in just a moment. Uh, and the book is called Andrew. Is there much more of this? Well, it's a bit more in the pit lane this weekend, <laughs> but, it, but it's actually what a son copy taker said to me once when I was dictating a story from uh, I think it was Italian Grand Prix and I was going on a bit to quite a bit longer than normal and he said is there much more of this yes. so I thought what a great title for a book and uh, so it's come out really nice I'm really pleased but um, people will be able to look on the internet and buy them that way but I've got a few in the press room John thanks very much for thank you Andrew <laughs> and so pleased that uh, that project, which I know has been dear to Andrew's heart, has finally made it to uh, fruition after uh, a difficult uh, birth, I think it's fair to say. It's brilliant. My copy it has already been thumbed through completely. I consumed it pretty much in one sitting. Um, in fairness, I am a, a fast reader. Um, it, was, it was one and a half cups of coffee for me uh, on a morning before I got into work and uh, went through that and the thing is about it and I know Andrew's listening um, but I'll, I'll say this anyway I can hear Andrew's voice in every word that is written in that book um, is there much more of this Andrew Marriott, search on the internet you'll be able to find it and uh, let's see if we can sell out that first print run uh, of the man who is Pitley and Andy and his uh, extraordinary career in motorsport I think if the rest of us added everything up we probably wouldn't have as many stories to tell as Andrew has certainly wouldn't remember them as well, well, well that is a very fair very fair <laughs> point as well Jeremy
Uh, I remember, Mr. Marriott, uh, when uh, I was starting out in this sport, same sort of time actually, and uh, he was universally known then as ARM because uh, in Motoring News, as it was now Motorsport News in the UK, they carried only initials at the end of race reports or stories or whatever it happens to be, and he was. ARM Andrew Marriott and a legendary name in this sport and uh, wonderful to have him, have him working with us here this weekend again. That's so much energy still. Yeah, it's crazy. It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I suspect he'll be regaling us with a few more stories uh, over the, the weekend. Well, I'm, I'm kind of... I, I don't want to wish the weekend away, Jeremy, far from it, but I'm kind of looking forward to Saturday night after the race is over and we've shut everything down and maybe we um, can convene somewhere for a, an adult beverage and then just basically set Andrew off and let them go for a bit, which would be great. Uh, at IMSA Radio, if you'd like to get in touch, that would be lovely. Whether you're here at the track listening on 98.1 or further afield on uh, RS2 of course I don't know what the wind's picked up isn't it just looking across uh, I was the, just looking the at the flags, flags trees, yeah. yeah just it's a little bit coming I, I, in from I, I, turn one pretty much straight down the start finish straight I've been out of the booth for two or three hours now I suppose a couple of hours or so and uh, it certainly wasn't it was pretty still earlier on this morning but pretty breezy now and of course I, I heard on the forecast that I was leaving the hotel this morning that there were projected winds of, of much as much as 35 miles an hour gusts in the Atlanta area as of course there's the sort of slight effects of the uh, Hurricane Ian down in Florida at the moment. Well Bamba then quickest in this session so far 109.794 for the uh, Cadillac racing car number 02 the Acura in second position car number 60 second place in the championship Tom Blomquist 109.915, so the early space setters in DPI. In LMP2, Juan Pablo Montoya has just gone to the top in LMP2 for Dragon Speed USA. That's kind of 81, seventh position overall, 111.889. In LMP3, it's Gar Robinson, the defending series champion for Riley Motorsports, kind of 74, at a 115.6. In GTD Pro, Jack Hawks was. Bassett Sullivan Lexus, kind of a 14, leads away to 119.6. And in GTD, his teammate, actually right behind him on the on the overall timing charts, in kind of a 12, as Aaron Tielitz. And Chair Adam has John Bennett down the pillow. John, thank you so much for coming down off the prep. It's just a little bit chilly out today. How has that been affecting your LMP3 car? How has Colin said it's been affecting it? Yeah, I mean, it's actually, uh, it's actually not too bad. I mean, this... this uh, Cooler weather definitely makes a lot of horsepower, so it's uh, the car is going pretty good this morning. So um, yeah, I mean, uh, at the end of the day, sunshine and uh, cloudless skies is pretty good right now. It's a different position than last year. Instead of chasing the championship, you have that points lead. How do you approach this race differently because of that? Well, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, we're not unaware of the points, but I think. It's a bit cliche, but I mean, we're here to, to do what we've done all season, which is, you know, run our program and 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 uh, do our best to win the race. So I think that, you know, being ahead in the points, it just gives you a little cushion in case uh, Murphy's Law, you know, were to bite. But um, 
I mean, there's only really one 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 way to do these events, and that's with the, of course with the intention of winning. You've won every great North American race, Sebring Daytona. This one, though, this one has evaded you and Colin Brown. How badly do you want to win this race this year? Yeah, well, uh, I told Colin uh, last year how the race was going to go, and, and it, didn't, it didn't go that way. So we're, we're not talking about that anymore, but we certainly like to add this race to our uh, collection. Nothing but good luck to you guys this weekend. Thank you very much, Dave. Shea Adam with John Bennett down in the pit lane. We'll keep dropping in with our pit reporters uh, through this session, which is practice one for IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship live on IMSA Radio. Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre has Jeremy Sean, John Hindle. If I, Do you know what? If I just take half a step to the left, am I actually right on the finish line? Not quite. I'd have to step into the TV booth to do that. But as near as, I mean, if there's a four-door finish... On Saturday night, uh, we'll have a pretty decent view of it. And there might well be, of course. There's been some great finishes down here through the weekend. Plenty in sound and vision for you as well, both here in the US and further afield. With uh, Porsche Carrera Cup North America. Live in sound and vision for you, Edomitsa Master MX5, two races this weekend in sound and vision. Oh, little touch at the top of the hill there, 0-2 of Earl Bamba. Uh, getting a little bit too close for comfort with the EF Corsa Ferrari. Uh, just a moment or two ago, uh, it was uh, the 21 car, which is Tony Vlander. so two very... Highly experienced, very highly experienced drivers. <laughs> Sorry there. Um, at the top of the hill, Earl pulling out. Nice to see some uh, driver uh, announcements as well coming through, Jeremy, in the last few days about GTP next year. The GTPs will be here on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, not the Porsche 963, but the other manufacturers will be. Uh, they're testing here, and uh, Alexander Sims is, uh, well, planned to be flying in on Sunday to take part Not until uh, then. in that. No, he's got other commitments this weekend. He was telling us on Midweek Motorsport last week. Yeah, former winner of this yeah, class here. Very, and very excited yeah. to be part of the Cadillac uh, deal with Action Express. Uh, no stranger to the bow tie, of course, having raced for Corvette for a few years now. Well, that's a, I think that's a really smart hire for Action Express. He'll be teamed with Pete Durrani for the most of the season with additional drivers, of course, coming in for the longer races. So GTP test Monday, Tuesday and a bit of Wednesday, I think. We'll have some reports for you on uh, IMSA Radio and RS1. But from that, weather permitting, of course. So looking forward to uh, that. My first chance to see the cars. BMW making some driver announcements as well, including having uh, Conor de Filippi jump into uh, the car. And uh, Colton Herter going to be a part of that for the longer races as well. Talking to Colton uh, ooh, back end of the summer, just before he was at Portnamow as he was doing his uh, F1 test and uh, 
he was saying he really wanted to be part of that GTP programme, so he'll be happy uh, about that. He, want, he wants to go to Le Mans. There's no doubt at all he wants to go to Le Mans. He, was, he said he would have been happy um, if they had brought the uh, second BMW here um, to uh, the last race of the season in the GT category, and he'd be happy because I don't think there's that many, if any, overlaps between uh, uh, IMSA and IndyCar. He'd have been quite happy to do the full season, but he definitely wants to go to Le Mans with that uh, beast of a BMW. They all look distinctively different. I think it's good. Yeah, I think, I think we're going to have a cracking season next year, Jeremy, I do. Yeah, no, I think it's, it, you know, it's, a, it's a great formula. I mean, it, I think, uh, yeah, they work really hard on getting the uh, technical regulations the way that uh, is of benefit to as many people as possible. It's all the manufacturers are heavily involved in the process uh, for coming up with technical regs and I think they've done a you know, we'll, we will see but uh, all, every, there's a lot of positivity around right, right now let's put it that way it starts to get competitive now it really does let's head back down the pit lane I think Andrew uh, has got somebody good morning again Andrew Murray yeah I've got to climb those stairs I notice that Shay gets people to come down to her but I've got the multi Indy 500 winner Elio Castro Nevis here so I'm going to climb up the stairs to him God that he is hello Crouch down here. He's got his headphones on. He hasn't seen me yet. Oh, he's, uh, he's listening on the radio at the moment, so uh, I just let him. Uh... Oh, messages coming through. Sorry to interrupt, Elio. Looking forward to this race. Big battle for Shank and the people next door at WTR. Yeah, right now uh, we're certainly um, working very hard. Tom and Oliver doing an amazing job all season long. Uh, certainly. Um, I know how the WTR works as well, so uh, they're never going to give up. So it's a, definitely um, a great championship as always. IMSA, it's always uh, dear to my heart. And every time I come back here, it's always awesome. So great to be back in Rhode Island. And, um, yeah, those details are going to make a difference. Hopefully um, hopefully the hurricane is go away and uh, hopefully a lot of people, sh- you know, get themselves their cover, especially in Florida, South Florida, because it's uh, Ian is not, a, not a joke one. So but right now we're... Weather changed a lot when we tested here. A lot more cooler. So we're just, um, you know, adjusting a little bit for, for the wind and uh, for the weather as well. Also, here, you have to use the curbs, but not too much. You've got to find a nice balance of using the curbs at certain places where it really saves you quite a bit of time, I think. Yeah, no, this place is amazing. I, I tell you, uh, it's a bucket list for the drivers that had never had a chance to try here because the up and down elevation is incredible and the... And the the sequence of S's, special after three, it, it is incredible how much those cars, those DPI's able to sustain the downforce. And you're right. I mean, uh, sometimes if you take the curb in the wrong way, it might be a little bit trouble. So, uh, plus traffic, if everyone feels here your car is super fast, which it is. So you really got to be patient to find uh, the gap because obviously if you get some traffic between turn three and, and five, you can lose a lot of time. Now, there's no fence to climb here, I think. Ed, do you think you'll ever climb that Indy 500 fence again? I could still be in there. Let me tell you, my friend, that's a good problem to have. Whatever happened in a race, if that's the case, we will find a fence to climb. Yeah. Do you think we can get Ollie Jarvis to... Can we um, get over and talk to Ollie? Great to see you, Ollie. You've been part of this big battle with the people next door all season. Had some great races and everything's on the line now, isn't it? 
Yeah, it all comes down to this weekend. It's been a, a tough but, you know, intriguing year. And, you know, it's now a case of winner takes all. So, um, you know, it's going to be a tough one, but we're preparing the best we can and hopefully in good shape. Do you think there's much power difference between the uh, Cadillacs and the Honda engines or Acura engines here? They're pretty on a, well on a par, aren't they? Yeah, I think, to be honest, it's very, very close. Um, BOP's been pretty close all year. I think by the looks of it, the caddies are strong round here. I don't know whether that makes our life easier or harder, to be honest. Um, you know, on the one hand, we, we want to win the race, but on the other, we, we focus on the championship. Absolutely. Thanks very much, Tony Jarvis. And thanks to, to Helio. He's always a great interviewer, isn't he, Helio? Oh, he just... has been since the days when he first came over racing for Paul Stewart. How long ago was that, Paul Stewart racing? Say that again? How long ago was it when you were racing in the UK for Paul Stewart? Wow, that was... That was... Why do you want me to tell you that? Because you don't. Because you don't look any younger. No, you're you right. don't look any older. It was 1995 when I was living in Milton Keynes uh, in England, but it was a great experience. I mean, I learned a lot with Paul and Jack, and obviously, um, um, I, I, I devote my career as well because of them. Yeah, I remember it well. Elio Castellanos, guys. I went to a lot of those uh, races. That that was F3, wasn't it? Uh, in those days, how was it? trolling around various circuits back in 1995 doing that at Keynes. he was living in Keynes. I'm now always right. going to call it that now uh, Nick Damon's part uh, of the world in the carbon fibre uh, triangle right in the middle of it there uh, he is a cracking interview and he's there's two people right there we were saying this about Andrew earlier on you can say the same for Elio I can't imagine a day when Elio's even as far in the future as you might think, when Elio's enthusiasm and love for this sport will be any different than it is right now. Yeah, the affection is in th- is uh, the enthusiasm is infectious, isn't it, for Elio? Just a great character. I remember when he first came over here, uh, the following year to drive with the Tasman Motorsports in Indy Lights with Steve Horn, Stephen Christine Horn. A bit of contact there between number seventy-four car and number seventy coming down the hill into uh, turn three. Number seventy-four car going going past on the inside and uh, a bit of a sideswipe there just misjudged it did uh, who's driving that car at the moment it was gar robinson where is he it's still gar robinson uh, so he, he didn't give much room to number 70 inception mclaren coming down the hill and there was a bit of contact said Priya actually it's at the yeah. wheel of the number 70 car yeah welcome back and, uh, yeah welcome back to him he uh, clinched here the championship in the porsche career cup north america one year ago and that was a bit of a rude awakening there. And I don't think, he's, I don't think uh, it was his fault. He's been good uh, here. Let's not forget the yeah. Pilot Challenge. He won here in Pilot Challenge, I think. Um, yes, that's right. He um, had his debut, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. In the Mustang. Yeah. For so, Montematic. Uh, Andy and Joanne. Mum and Dad will be either here or tuned in. Seb, is he fourth, third or fourth generation? I think he's fourth generation race drivers now. Andy, obviously, we know, and uh, that's the, the near past, but both uh, Seb's grandfather and great-grandfather did a bit of motor racing, hill climbing was the family sport, yeah. Seb Prio, uh, Andy Prio rather, multiple British champion, I remember him seeing, seeing Andy, see, see, now I'm getting like Elio and going, why do I want to remind myself of this, I remember seeing Andy make his British touring car debut at Alton Park in a Seat. He planted it on pole position, first time 
He was there. Wasn't in the 60s, though, was it? No, no, it wasn't in the 60s. No, it wasn't in the 60s. <laughs> but it would have been, funny enough, it would have been around about that sort of time. It would have been 97, 98, maybe, at the height of, uh, at the height of Toka. Uh, at the British Touring Car Championship because I'd have been doing Talker Radio which I think we started from memory we started that in 97 as a, a sort of an offshoot of uh, of Radio Le Mans so back in those days I did one radio station a year Jeremy before we started yeah. Talker that was it we went to Le Mans and uh, now I've got to have a GPS to remember where I live <laughs> and I'm not complaining by the way Earl Bamber's in the pits in Cadillac Racing number 02. That is the best of the cars. And while we keep an eye on what's going on uh, on the track, let's go down to Shea Adam, who is down in the pit lane. I've got a question for you, John, and then I'll dive in with an interview. But uh, I count 43 cars on scoring. Is that how many that you show as well? Because we are definitely down the number six Mjolnir Motorsports LMP3 machine. That was supposed to be Ugo DeWild, uh, Danny Formal, and Dylan McAvern. That car not on the pit lane, nobody on their pit box. And while the email has not yet formally gone out to declare them as a withdrawal, they will not be racing in the 25th Petit Le Mans. Well, now that we've got that question posed to you, you can look up the answer in the meantime. And I want to just jump in here really quick with Tony Valander. Hey, Tony, do you mind if I interrupt you for a quick second? Yeah. You were just out on track. Yeah. How different is the Ferrari when the temperatures are this climate as opposed to when you tested here a couple weeks ago? No, it is a bit different. I mean, our, our car in general is quite gentle on the tires. So, first of all, the S9 Michelin is on the limit uh, for, our tire, for, our, um, for our car. We would prefer the softer tire. Um, there was a traffic issue, a lot of cars running in the car, bedding brakes, uh, doing out in laps, so not really a clean lap was possible. Also, the track feels really green, even the other classes were running already this morning, and I think also yesterday, but still a, a really green, green track. Um, also the wind, even on the GT cars today, the aero is quite important part, so you could definitely feel the... Um, the, how do you call the gusty wind uh, going turn one down the SS so a good solid run um, nice to be back in Atlanta it's always been a good track for me and a good track for Ferrari so uh, we were all monitoring the weather really really a big eye on the weather and now it looks better for Saturday's race so looking good you mentioned it's been a good track for you and a very good track for Ferrari as well. Two wins for you, and it seems that you've got a pattern of winning it every three years. It's been three years, so how have you told Simon and Luis, your co-drivers, that they need to get in shape because this one is yours? Yeah, but I mean, pattern of three years, there will be an age limit soon. I mean, <laughs> reaching my reaching my expired date. So, uh, yeah, with Simon and Luis, it's a good uh, combination of drivers. Uh, Simon, obviously, very young driver. Luis has an experience from Formula One cars, uh, uh, LMP cars, and GT cars. So uh, we had a good, solid run through this uh, endurance championship. Unfortunately, for my mistake that I did in, uh, in Watkins, I was really upset because it was a situation going to turn nine with a 16 car that basically was a third lap on my stint, and I, I had no intention to cause anything. So. Um, I was a bit down for that for a few days, but as a team, they gave me, they gave me support. Uh, we work. If you don't try in the races, you don't end up in trouble. So uh, we've been trying the whole year, and we had good runs since Daytona. Good luck this weekend to you guys in the 21 Ferrari. Thank you very much. Thank you.
indebted to Jamie O'Leary, who's tweeted at uh, IMSA Radio. Um, I'm not sure I got any of uh, Andy's touring cars um, career right. Uh, he, he was driving a Vauxhall Astra when Phil Bennett got uh, uh, got banned. Oh, it, it was at least at Alton Park. Okay, it was 2001 though, so I, God, my memory is fading. So 2001 when Andy Prio. Uh, in the what then would have been BTC Astras, wouldn't they? They were that was the years when the Jamie will tell me, I'm sure, that they were running that uh, specific um, formula. And uh, I knew he put, I knew he planted it on pole position first time out, and uh, we had to work out how to pronounce his name. So. I did what Jeremy always does and trolled down the pit lane, tapped him on the shoulder. So if you don't know me, um, you're Andy Watt. He went, Prio. I went, thank you. Prio. Write that down. Been a good career for Andy and it is not over yet. Not at all. Where's the number 40 car not? Number 40 car here? Oh, yeah, she asked the question, did about how many we'd seen. I reckon we, she was right. We have seen 43 cars. Yeah. The number 40 car was, was due to be here with Max Hanrady, Adam Ali from Canada, young C- Carter making his debut, and Colin Noble, who's got a lot of experience out of yes. three cars in Europe. Yeah, that was a big and, announcement uh, that Colin was, was coming yeah. over. It's, it's, it's been withdrawn from the entry list, I see. It's only eight cars now for LMP3. There were 11 on the ri- original list. Yeah, no, Team sure. Netherlands, of course, if you've been following us on Midweek Motorsport, we've been tracking that uh, story uh, with uh, Fritz van Erd and a number of other people being investigated by the Dutch police. And Fritz was uh, arrested a little while ago, has been released, but still, I think what we'd call in the UK a person of interest, has decided to uh, stay home and concentrate uh, on that. And, uh, so that car not here. Yeah, so we're, we're missing then from the original entry list of 48 cars, which would have been the, the third most we've ever uh, had here at Petit uh, Le Mans. 52 was the highest number ever. Once one other time in the in the in the fifties, fifty one there was, uh, but um, we're down then. Uh, one of the, that that number twenty nine LMP two car, three cars in LMP three. That's number six, number seven, uh, and the number forty, and then in GTD the number fifty nine Crucial Motorsports McLaren also not here uh, uh, from the original entry list. So that's forty three cars, uh, all been out on the track this morning. Uh, the number. 44 Magnus Racing Aston Martin, however, has completed, I think, only a couple of laps. Everybody else is, is uh, turning quite a few laps out there, but uh, that car, not yet. Everybody else, most, most everybody else has done well, a minimum of uh, 15 laps, I guess. The, the front-running car remains the number t- uh, 02 Cadillac. It was uh, Bamber, I think, who set that time, uh, 109.583. Is, uh, remains the fastest time this morning. Again, first practice session here. Again, just to put things into perspective, the race lap record, 
So 109.5 in the first session very early on. Yeah, pretty good going. Oops, number five DPI going. Is he just coming out of the pits? Richard Westbrook. No, he's not. But going slowly down through the S's. See if we can see what happened. Coming into turn three. Goes out of camera. Whoops, yikes. Big lock up straight across the grass. A short through cut the there for, for Westy. Motorcycle wow. chicane. Yeah, somewhat. And then and then took to the grass. Wasn't enough asphalt even for the uh, motorcycle chicane. Indeed. Yikes. So we are uh, just over halfway through this session. 50 minutes gone, 40 to go. New fastest time in GTD. It was early on. It was Aaron Tielitz in the Vassar Sullivan Lexus car number 12. He's been bettered now by Brian Sellers, who lives literally about a stone's throw here from the racetrack. Uh, driving the Paul Miller Racing BMW, car number one, is behind only the GTD Pro car of Jack Hawksworth. So 119.500 for Brian Sellers. And uh, behind him is Jaden Conright in number 42 NTE Sport Lamborghini in second position. He too then uh, in the 15... 19.5, 1 minute 19.590, so only nine hundredths behind Brian Sellers. And those two ahead now of Aaron Tielitz, who still is third in the Vassar Sullivan Lexus car number 12 and in the pit lane at the moment. Let's uh, check back in with our pit lane reporters. Let's go to uh, Shea Adam. First of all, where have you wandered down to, Shay? Uh, I'm by Sean Creech Motorsport because their car uh, had a little bit of trouble out on the racetrack and is now heading back to the garage area. Um, so I just want to see if I can sneak in with Joao Barbosa really quick. Um, wow. hey, do you mind if I bug you for a quick second? He's coming around. Thank you. You guys had a parts failure on your car that I've never heard of before, but the good news is you've got a lot of laps around here. Malta got a lot of experience, so Nico's the one who's missing out on the track time at this point, right? Yeah, unfortunately that uh, part, uh, as you mentioned, it was caused by an accident already, you know, in practice. Uh, it seemed like uh, one of the DPI cars just dove inside and it hit uh, Malta on the left rear and broke the upright, so... That's early start, but that's the way it's going to go the whole race. So we're going to have to be careful with that. Uh, but it's still a little too early for, for this type of accidents to happen, I think. But, you know, that's uh, it's going to be a survival race for sure. But definitely the team is going to try to get it um, fixed as ready as, as quick as possible so Nico can do his first few laps here in Road Atlanta. Well, I know that when a lot of people were looking at the weather forecast, there were a lot of people who perhaps weren't happy about the chance of rain. You won here in 2015. So rain, maybe something not as scary to you as everyone else? No, no, I don't want rain. I, don't, I remember well that 2015, you know, it's, uh, it was a crazy race. A lot of, a lot of people going out. It's, I don't think it makes for a good show for anybody. The fans are out there uh, in the rain, in the cold. You know, it's, we just want it to be a good show for everybody. So if, there might be a chance of some rain, but there might be a chance of also running some dry laps. So if it's a mix, it's okay. But if it's a downpour like it was in 2015, that's probably not too good. You're sharing the car this weekend with Malte Jakobsen once again. Last time he ran, he put the car on pole. So we know how quick he is. Nico Pino, though, he's new to this team. How have you been dealing with him so far this weekend? 
Oh, very good. Uh, Nico has been doing a, a great job so far. I mean, he's, uh, he has a good head on, on top of his shoulders. I mean, we send him all the data and videos and uh, we try to get him up to speed outside of the car as much as possible he can. He knows the team. He knows uh, starting to know how we work. But, you know, now we just need to uh, put it everything to practice and, and do a few laps. But, you know, he's been doing a great season in Europe. They won the last three races. Uh, so he'll, uh, he'll be up to speed quickly, and he has uh, accumulated some really good experience over this uh, this season. So we, we thought he was a good fit for to join us for this race. Definitely. Already with an endurance race win under his belt, and for you guys winning the 12 Hours of Sebring, does any of that carry over to Petit Le Mans? Yeah, I mean, for sure. Um, the, the team does a great job in the long races. Unfortunately, the short races, we had some uh, problems. Uh, some sometimes not related some uh, unavoidable uh, problems but uh, you know it's a long race we i think we have a good strategy to to go for a 10-hour race 48 cars on this track it's gonna be tremendously busy but uh, we're looking forward to it i think that the sean critch guys and um, the alta equipment company xl and uh, focal one car it's uh, it's been running really good. Uh, we just need to put everything together. No mistakes, that's going to be key, as we saw in practice already starting. So the race is going to be even more intense. Good luck this weekend. Thank you. Shea, I don't know if it's at your end of the pits, but we haven't had a whole heap of laps from um, the number 44 Magnus Racing Aston. In fact, I'm only showing them as two, so that might be worth a visit from either uh, you or Andrew. I'll head there now. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, it's officially a race weekend. Brian Till was here earlier this morning. We've now been joined by uh, Calvin Fish and Lee Diffie. So the TV triumvirate uh, have arrived. They'll be uh, looking after the NBC Sports coverage this weekend for those of you in the US. Uh, we're on Saturday, of course, for the main race. We will be on uh, Sirius XM. I think we're on 206 again this weekend, but I'll check that out. Possibly 207. I'm sure you can check that out yourself on the pages, the sports pages. And thanks to SiriusXM for another great season of allowing us to take over one of their channels for every single race in the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship in the IMSA season this year. 44 minutes still to go, so we are spot on halfway through now. I read you the, the wrong way around last time. I've changed how I've got my timing screen in front of me. So, no massive changes in the times. But we've got Alex Lynn now out for Cadillac 02. And Tom Blomqvist out for Maya Shank. And Shea Adam may have found the answer to my Aston question. Well, unfortunately, uh, I came down to the Magnus pit box. It is abandoned. Oh, so right. uh, I might have. Do you want me to go back to the garage? I can go back to their tent and figure yeah, it out. Yeah, I think that's probably a good yeah. idea because I've got them listed as two laps, but that might have just been rolling down the pit lane and rolling back. So they haven't actually. They've got a 146 next to the car, which is clearly not a representative timeshare. So something awry there. All righty, I'm on it. Thank you, well. Shea Adam. Um, in the pit lane and heading back to the garage. Top of the hill at turns two and three. Uh, action, uh, sorry, Will and engineering car going a little bit wide there. At the top of the hill, last time around for Mike Conway. Whoopsie, yeah. Still with the World Endurance Championship 
to sort out, of course, Mike. They'll be at the Six Hours of Bahrain in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, tie for the lead, isn't it? Isn't uh, absolute tie for the lead in Drivers' Championship between the Alpine dri drivers and the Toyota drivers. Toyota lead in the uh, Manufacturers' Championship. I haven't called one of the uh, six-hour races for a while, but I did the Fuji race a couple of weekends ago while the rest of our team were down in Barcelona for the, the 24 hours. And uh, superb to see those cars back at, at Fuji after a three-year absence. And uh, more news coming. Ferrari doing some more testing. Over 10,000 kilometres of testing, Marcus Schurig was telling me, that Ferrari have done. Most of it in absolute secrecy. They've got a, some kind of uh, cloaking device on that car. But the... Uh, the only pictures that have come out have been the ones that Ferrari wanted to come out. And they'll be joining in next year, of course, along with the uh, LMDH cars, the GTPs, as we'll call them here, in the WEC. GTP test Monday onwards here at uh, Road Atlanta. Looking forward to that. And we will have some programming and some reports from that for you. Can't do that live, I'm afraid. Well, no, I don't think we can do it live for you but uh, we'll get some bits and pieces and I've actually brought a proper camera as well so I'm going to weather permitting get out around the circuit and see if we can get some shots see if I can remember what to do putting, pushing a shutter release button pit lane speed violation for oh, that's just a warning sorry for the number 9 Matt Campbell Faf Motorsports Porsche WEC just releasing their calendar um, and there are a couple of IMSA clashes already an ELMS clash with Petit Le Mans of course and uh, Long Beach and CTMP are the two clashes kind of difficult when you've got 180 Formula 1 races to fit around during the season 24 Formula 1 races next year actually there'll be 23 because China won't happen will it so even so squeezing the endurance racing calendars both from the World Championship and from IMSA almost inevitable that there'll be some problems and uh, the other championships below that level having to make changes as well both in Europe and here in the States SRO and SRO America making more changes in the last couple of weeks as well. It's been a difficult time for those who have to put the puzzle pieces in place around calendars. Let's go back down to Shea Adam, who's walked out into the paddock area on the far side of the track from us. Shea, what do you know? Engine for the Aston Martin for Magnus Racing. So they are getting the hoist currently built outside of their garage. And they said, we hope to be back out there for night practice. It's a long job for them to change an engine. That's unfortunate. Yeah, very, but uh, I mean, yes, but let's ha let it happen there rather two laps in the race, Jeremy. True um, so they'll, they'll get, they'll crack on. There's, there's still a bit of practice and qualifying to come. We've got a potential of a warm-up on Saturday morning. I'm going to drop back into uh, Andrew Marriott. We haven't heard for a little while. He's patrolling the opposite end of the pit lane to Shear. Where are you now, Andrew? Yeah, John, I think uh, you're not hearing my talk back. So I had all sorts of people queued up, but uh, for some reason 
we we can't communicate other than when I'm actually on the air. So um, I'm, I'm just walking back now, and uh, if you give me about 30 seconds, I think I've got Ringa van der Zander queued up. But, just uh, uh, just open your mic when you've got somebody, Andrew. I'll keep an eye. Okay, I'll do that. Go back to the old-fashioned way. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Marriott down there in the pit lane. 38 minutes to go. And Alex Lynn, Tom Blomqvist in the two quickest cars at the moment, Cadillac and Acura, 0-2 and 6-0. But we haven't actually, uh, Jeremy, we've talked about, you know, we've heard Andrew talking about the uh, the championship battle. But what, what is the, seat, the, the, the standings in, in terms of, of, of DPI? And, and you know, we'll end up with a grid and a matrix somewhere. But ultimately, what, what's the situation at the top of the, the championship standings? Uh, basically, it comes down to the two Acura teams, uh, the number 10 car and number 60. The number 10 car leads the points coming into this weekend. They've got a 19-point edge, Ooh. which in, in new money, uh, i.e. the new point point system uh, introduced last year, a couple of years ago, whenever it was, uh, which I still don't like, um, it's, it's super tight. Basically, whichever team finishes ahead of the other right. is going to be likely to be the champion. That can change if the number 30 if the number 10 car gets the pole position uh, or, or qualifies you know significantly ahead of the number 60 which is which is a possibility certainly that might be there might be need to be one car in between them but, but basically whichever one finishes ahead of the other so is by, likely going to win the championship so we don't we don't have to have the slide rule and the abacus out we're well, basically just keeping our by saturday morning we'll know, we'll know if it's one ahead of the other or one uh, two positions, effectively. Indeed. Okay. Indeed, so. And what so about the other championships? LMP2. Yeah, yeah. In, uh, in, and, and by the way, the, the manufacturer championship is oh. also led by, by Acura at the moment, but that can be tied up by Cadillac co coming into this weekend as well. They, they, they can literally end up with a tie, uh, five wins and five poles apiece. Uh, apiece. Uh, in, uh, in LMP2, uh, it's also uh, very tight there. John Ferrano leads the driver's standings. On his own? On his own. Mm. Yeah, uh, he's driving the Tower Motorsport number eight car. Uh, he is currently 33 points only ahead of Dwight Merriman and Ryan DeYell in the Era Motorsport car number 18. Uh, also, in uh, in just about in contention, how many cars are there in uh, seven cars only? So no, I think it's just between those two then, because the, the Stephen Thomas is is 93 points farther back in um, third position so maybe an outside chance of, of winning but very much outside in the team championship however of PR1 Matheson Motorsports leads the way that's car number 52 by 19 points over Tower Motorsport that's number 8 car of John Ferrano uh, and then 33 points behind them is Era Motorsport in car number 18 the reason for that is number eight, the number 52 car for PR1 Matheson Motorsports has won this race at Petit Le Mans three times in the past and they've had different drivers driving their diff that uh, number 52 car during the season so uh, that is why they are not in contention to win the drivers championship but they're very much so in the teams and lead the way there in lp3 uh, jonathan bennett and colin brown for core orders what lead the standings uh, for drivers and teams over riley motorsports defending series champions uh, in car number 74 gar robinson uh, is uh, the second in the points table there basically
for, for, for Bennett and Brown and Corona Sport. They need a fourth place finish to wrap up the championship. Doesn't matter where, whoever else wins or whatever else happens. Fourth place finish will be enough for them to clinch uh, another championship for Core Autosport. In uh, GTD Pro, uh, basically Maddie Campbell and Matthew Jaminet for FAF Motorsports in the Porsche Car number nine. All they need to do is start the race on Saturday to clinch that championship and the same for Porsche in the manufacturers. The final championship is the uh, GTD, uh, and that is wide open, basically. Uh, it's absolutely tremendous battle there. Roman DeAngelis leads the standings now by virtue of the fact he finished second in the most recent race at VIR, and that team they've had uh, three second places uh, and a couple of wins in the first last six races for harder racing teams. So they lead, or Roman DeAngelis leads on 26.30. Uh, in 45 points behind is Stephen McAleer for, for the uh, Courtoff Motorsports Mercedes team. Just a dozen points behind them are Ryan Hardwick, behind him I should say, is Ryan Hardwick and Jan Halen for Wright Motorsports. That's the Porsche, Mercedes for Courtoff Motorsports. Uh, and also in contention though, a uh, bit, bit of a stretch are Russell Ward and Phil Ellis for Windward Racing. That's the number 57 Mercedes. Uh, but that team has won the last two races in a row, so don't count them out. Uh, and also Bill Oblin and um, for Turnamore Sport. And even, uh, even I think, the, the car bar with Peregrine Racing Lamborghini also have an outside shot. So wide open, John. Excellent. Spin at Whoops. the top of turn five. Uh, that is the classic turn five up on the kerb. Get to Andrew in just a moment, right in front of the right motorsport machine. And uh, that was the number 13 that uh, went around. Let's see who was it. was Ori Fadani for AWA who was driving that. Andrew, sorry, just going through the championships there, uh, but uh, did see that you've got someone. Where are you? Yeah, I'm down here with Cadillac Racing, in particular Mustang Sampling. And I'm going to have a quick word with Loic Duval. Hello, can I break in? Beautiful sunshine here in Georgia. Yeah, yeah, I try, I try to warm up a little bit, but uh, yeah, at least the weather so far is good. Are you enjoying this car? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's always a pleasure to drive the DPI. You know, the, the feel is pretty nice. The track here is fantastic. So looking forward for the last one of the year. Seven cars in your class all got a chance of winning, have you? Every one of you can win. Yeah, I mean, I think in every class, you know, I think that's also the, the good thing about IMSA and the championship is that uh, whatever happens, you're always in the game, you know, to, uh, to fight for a win. Uh, you know, so we'll try to do our best for sure to perform here and, uh, and to enjoy the race. But yeah, for sure, definitely in, uh, in IMSA, you always can win. I shouldn't have the answer to this. You've got good plans for next season? Yeah, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm contracted with... Uh, with Peugeot, you know, in uh, in Europe, in WEC, and uh, let's see, let's see here in the US. It makes the life a little bit more difficult, you know, when you are you are driving with a constructor in, in Europe. But uh, I would love to be at least in Daytona, you know. I mean, uh, we we know that we can have four drivers on the car and stuff like that. So let's see. Well, the, the WEC is going to be fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, I think uh, either in WEC or also here in the US, uh, endurance racing is is living in probably a, a golden era again, you know. And the next few years are looking really really promising so that's uh, that's really good for our sports right thanks very much thanks thanks andrew uh we'll move from 
that Andrew to another Andrew, Andy Blackmore standing uh, next to me. How are you, Andrew? I haven't seen you for a while. Yeah, good morning, good afternoon, whatever time it is. Wherever we are, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is a bit, bit like that. Uh, renowned graphic uh, livery artist and livery designer, as I always uh, describe you. How many cards, liveries have you got in the race this year? Um, I'm not actually sure. I haven't cancelled them up. I've got three or four in um, WeatherTech, and then I have about, I think, ten in Michelin Pilot. Uh, two in Porsche and then one in the Mazda MX-5 Cup. And then I have the safety cars as well. So, so uh, is it reasonable to say that business is okay then? Yeah, it's good. It's starting to really pick up. Um, as per any year, it gets quiet in the summer and then it really picks up. The week before Petit, no one's really ready to look at liveries and stuff. And literally the second Petit's over, it's full on then. Um, so, yeah, I, I can't complain. Quite a few of those liveries are from previous years, um, but still, you know, it's still part of the portfolio and it still hopefully advertises what I do. You're also involved with the um, the Spotless Guides for, for IMSA. Spot, spotless Guides, where everybody will know you from yeah. uh, uh, originally. That's your, your more public-facing side yes. of, of things. You're still doing, doing that with IMSA. And as a... An offshoot for that, something rather special for the 25th anniversary here, Andy. Yeah, so for the last, I think, about 10 years, I've been supplying uh, illustrations of the Petit Le Mans winners uh, for banners that go on the pitch straight. So you might see them on the, on TV coverage, on, actually on the, uh, the paddock pit wall, and they're larger than life. So uh, they're quite detailed illustrations. Um, don't get too close to them. Um, but they have they have all the details of fixings, and this year um, we did the Mazda that won last year with all the uh, fan autographs. Oh on my it. goodness, that must have been a job. Well, thankfully, thanks to Mazda and a couple of other people, they found the original files, and they were just the original signatures. Oops. So I had to place them all together. As we've uh, we'll come back to that in a moment. Down in the S's, uh, a LMP2 car. Who's that, Jeremy? Right, Fifty-two, I think. Scott Huffaker for PR1 has, has brought out a red flag. Yes, it is. Andy nods because he's recognised the livery, obviously. Um, that's a red flag in backwards driver's left, but it's uh, it's had at least contact slightly further up and deranged the tyre uh, barriers there. Ah, cold tyres then. Mm. It's still only 17 Celsius on the track, which is, what, 63 Fahrenheit, and the same in the air, uh, actually. Um, so we'll let that get cleaned up as we've still got 28 minutes of this first session uh, remaining. I'm keeping an ear out for any of our pit reports as well. So so those weren't just handwritten onto the car. They, they'd been printed onto the yeah, car. Yeah, they... Uh, was he on his own, Jeremy, when he did this? Yes, yep. he was. Scott Huff. Oh, so he's had a couple of hits at it. So once into Ooh. the concrete that isn't covered by the tyres, then just caught the end of the tyre wall. It's the right-hand side and yeah, the right rear that's rear. taking the hit there. That's, I think that's going to be... Well, you, you worry for gearbox at that, Jeremy, but certainly right rear suspension. Yeah, that's a, a pretty big hit there for that team, and that's that's the team that had, had a lot of success here at Petit Le Mans in the past, but now they've got some work to do. They're currently, uh, well, sixth and last, actually, on the on the timing charts there uh, for Scott Huffaker. It was... Uh, I think he'd not done many laps. Well, she has done several laps in that car. He's, he'd set that time which is currently a 113.5, but uh, yeah, quite a lot of damage there to that car. It's a pretty big hit for Scott Huffaker, so he'll be Mike. disappointed with that, the youngster. 
Clock will run. Might not be the easiest of uh, recoveries either with Rhea suspension. We'll keep an eye plus, on that. Plus the tyre walls are going to need to be That's uh, a good point. put back yeah, into place. That's a good point. We'll, we'll take the opportunity to continue the conversation with Andy Blackmore here at IMSA Radio if you want to get in touch with us. So Sorry, so uh, the, the, the signatures on that 55 Master that won here last year, they had been reproduced onto... Onto uh, clear vinyl on, on, for the race ah, car. So they, right. I think Mazda had asked for submissions beforehand. Um, and then they got st- uh, put on the car in block, basically blocks of autographs. Um, and then I managed to uh, get hold of some of the source files, and yeah, they're on the illustration. So that was uh, that was time consuming, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's at the end of the pit straight. So um, yeah, th- obviously there's 24 cars there. And then in addition to that, uh, working with Road Atlanta, the fourth page of the IMSA Spotter Guide this weekend has all the winners in a spotter guide illustration format. I've seen that. That so, is great. So that's is that going to be a poster? Do we uh, I don't know, because it was done very last minute. But, um, you know, it's high enough resolution to print at 11 by 17, or if you're in Europe, A3. A3, yeah. And that holds the quality. So, you know, fans can go to their local print shop and get a nice copy of it or whatever. Uh, and then I think also, I think uh, I sent all the artwork to NBC Sport and they're going to be doing a montage uh, of all the things, although I won't get to see it in Canada because we don't get that feed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's come a long way, Andy, uh, since the the first spotless guide. Yeah. How long was that ago now? Um, I, you, I mean, we should say you've 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 worked in your trade for a very long time. But the Scott spotless guide started when? Uh, the spot guide started around 2005, and then in earnest, it was sort of 2006 that I made a conscious effort. I'd moved from the UK to Canada. Uh, so I started doing the IMSA guide and a Le Mans guide, and then uh, IMSA then uh, basically came to me and said, oh, we'd like to make it official. And it's been basically official since 2007. Am I right? In, have I remembered this the right way around then? Were you doing some of the graphics for uh, ITV for touring cars? Yes, that um, was before that. When yeah. I was, was, I was working yeah, on actually, that? Yeah, actually, yes. So it was two, <laughs> 2003 I started because... I was involved in uh, the Seat Cooper Challenge one yes. make series that was a support for British touring cars. Which Rob Hub started it. Exactly. And um, so I, I started doing a basic spotter guide with photos on that. And that's how that sort of started. And then uh, ITV contacted me. And then basically I did the pit graphics. Uh, sorry, the grid graphics for probably yeah, five or six years, including when I moved to Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that sort of built up from then, and then obviously I've done a few other things. Like for a while, uh, Nissan was sponsoring with ELMS and WEC guides, and I still do the Lamborghini Super Trofeo guides. Uh, and there's a couple in potentially in the pipeline for next year. Oh, now good. that things are sorting themselves out with everything, That's has gone. has that side of things changed in terms of the detail you've got to go into nowadays? As 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 the internet. Uh, speeds have picked up, resolutions have picked up, and such like. Um, I don't have any complaints nowadays about the file size, which was used to be a very big good. Thing. Yes, um, like this this one this weekend is four pages. There's two pages for WeatherTech, one page for Michelin Pilot, and then the 25 or 25th anniversary. Uh, so I think that's like 19 meg, and I can make it a bit smaller. But then if somebody's going to print that 11 by 17 or 83, they lose just that bit of quality. So. I just keep a fairly good resolution for the for the people that know about PDFs and stuff. Then inside the PDFs, the JPEGs, they're 5,000 pixels wide. So they're good enough for printing. Oh, good enough. Yeah. 
And obviously they go on TV uh, and also they go in the little booklets that you can get at the circuit and obviously that needs to be high res. So let me take you back to the early part of your career yep. uh, and you, you're a designer by trade. Yeah. Um, where would the young, what would the young Andy Blackmore think about you standing here in the Michelin Tower now with everything you've achieved over the last 20-ish years actually? <laughs> speechless probably I've been very lucky very fortunate because you were expecting to work in the car industry weren't yeah you? I, I trained as a vehicle an automotive stylist and I worked for McLaren and Yamaha in the early days and I, I even back then I was doing liveries in British Touring Car and stuff so you know end of the 1990s yeah I've done yeah I've done quite a f- few golf McLaren well I've done quite a few McLaren I think I did 14 F1 liveries um, so I started off um, like I say McLaren Yamaha got a degree and stuff and then I worked for an old race team called 3001 with Mike Earl and that was gone they had an engineering offshoot which was Grand Prix design that did a lot of work for McLaren a lot of work for Yamaha Salt and Brunei places like that so it was quite varied and from that I got a job at McLaren I was also doing McLaren liveries on the side as well. So that was an interesting conversation in week two with Ron Dennis. But um, he, was, he was good. Did he think it was suboptimal by any chance? He was actually really good about it because I, I knew him from 3001. So um, for, two and a half, for two and a half years, then he was happy for me just to do it. And then one day I got called into his office and Ray Baum was there and they were doing the 97 car, which was the pale blue and orange car with Davidoff on the side yes. and I'd come up with some concepts and stuff and basically it's like right we're taking this in house now so it was like okay and by that time I was on the race team so yeah. I wasn't in the graphics department I was on race team support designing all the pit equipment race trucks stuff like that so that was the only time but by that point I was doing stuff for panels and stuff like that so just it sort of built up from there just think if you carried on in the automotive you could have been spending weeks and months on end redesigning a Ashtray. Ashtray or no, something. Literally, yeah. I know friends that in their early days, they literally spent a year designing ashtrays or sort of, you know, interior lights. And and a lot of, lot of the guys I went to uni with and girls, they're in good positions now, like, you know, in in the industry. But it's taken a long time for them. Not that, that was their it. apprenticeship, effectively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're apprenticeship, then, you know, even... You know, generally when a car gets styled, in the early days, there'll be four or five groups in the studio and they'll all come up with some proposals. And then they'll get approved and then they'll go developed. Um, and then it takes three years then for it to carry on. Uh, Spotter Guides is where you need to go. Andy, thanks for joining us. Uh, Thank you. We're not going to blame you for the red flag because you were here before it. Uh, I may have had someone do it. <laughs> Andy Blackmore. Let's go down to our other Andy, Andy Marriott, down the pit lane. Yeah, I had Jimmy John, so I think uh, I can get up to it. Yeah, Jimmy, yeah. At least. Oh, he's coming down. What a gentleman. He knows your well, reputation, Andrew. Yeah, I know he does. Jimmy, you got over Goodwood. What a fantastic time you had. I had a great time. That was really um, just a top-notch experience and it's so hard to come back and to verbalize to others just how amazing it is over there but just uh, I had a great time drove two cars had a lot of fun got a dressed in period which was also fun as well and certainly a highlight for my wife and you were at the sharp end of course with, with the galaxy yeah the galaxy I felt right at home with the galaxy that was a good time uh, Fisker uh, Gregor, Gregor Fiskin did a great job of putting me in that car and we had a lot of fun in it and then Sean Lynn had me in his uh, 63 GT Cobra and that was amazing now you dropped a bit of a bombshell a few days ago you're not going to continue in the IndyCar is that right will you do the Indy 500 though 
Yeah, I'm certainly open to running a part-time schedule. The full-time schedule and all it takes and all that it took to run full-time this year. I just don't have that in me, but I certainly look forward to having a, a stellar lineup of races. Uh, it's still unclear right now what that will look like, but I, I would love to be back in IMSA. I'd love to be back in IndyCar and, and even try NASCAR for a race or two again. We definitely want you back in IMSA. No, thank you. I'd love to be back. And what about the car now? You just climbed out of the car. Is it feeling good? The track feeling good? Yeah, it doesn't drive like that 60 to Cobra I was just in a good one. <laughs> so it took a few laps to find my bearings. Uh, but there's so many cars on track, it's really tough to find a clear lap and to really put the car through the paces right now. We'll be watching you all weekend. Thanks very much. Jimmy John says, uh, John, I might just have somebody else here just coming around the corner because I did see somebody scooting by me that I wanted to talk to. I like Jimmy Johnson's yeah. attitude, Andrew. He wants to do yeah. his bucket list races, and Le Mans on that list. Yeah, uh, so. absolutely. And um, no, the person I thought I was going to get, John, uh, okay. has slipped away. But come back to me in five minutes, and I'll have somebody, some one of the top boys for you. Okay, I'll keep an eye on the on the microphone down there, uh, J- Jeremy. Yeah, the the, the garage. Uh, 56 entry for Hendrick Motorsports and NASCAR. That was testing here, I believe, uh, a week or two ago with a couple, couple of days with Mike Rockefeller at the wheel. There's uh, another problem for another LMP2 is that car. The AWA car, kid? That's the ERA car. Yeah. At, uh, sorry, uh, the ERA yeah, car, kid. Uh, down at uh, turn five on the exit. So just, just, I don't know when you lost it going in there. It's an odd place to stop that, just kind of on the exit curb. It's quite the good news behind is, the wheel. Yeah, the good news is he would have been well visible there. He came up behind a uh, the, the BMW car. The BMWs. Yeah, that was the We've yeah. all done that. <laughs> anyway, okay. sorry. Jimmy Johnson. We were talking about Jimmy Johnson there. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he's, he's certainly a contender, I would imagine, for that uh, Garage 56 entry uh, for uh, Le Mans next year. And a certain Mr. Gordon, who I was talking to as yeah. well. Um, uh, Chevrolet have got a lot of big names to think <laughs> of in their back catalogue before they even think about their current drivers. There is a slight uh, issue, I think, with a clash on test day. Well, that's, that's with IndyCar, isn't it, rather than... Uh, well, there's probably a cup race that weekend um, as well. Um, difficult for a reg- uh, for regular season. For the, yeah, yeah. So. yeah, agreed. Agreed. But Jimmy now not um, doing the full season of of, of IndyCars, he's going to pick and choose that with the Ally sponsorship. So maybe the opportunity, as we say, to for him to go and do that. So interesting to hear him say there. Not only would he like to do the odd IMSA race, which will run Rolex 24, and or maybe here uh, and the Indy 500, but also uh, the odd uh, NAS- NASCAR Cup race. Not out of the question either. He said that. He's going to try and do the Indy 500 Coca-Cola 600 yeah. weekend. Um, which hasn't been attempted for a little while. Kurt Busch, I think, was the last person person to try it. Uh, And he he did start both both races. He didn't finish the the 600. Um, And And I'm trying to think... It's in his contract he can do it next year as well if he can put a deal together. Oh, really? I believe so, yeah. Okay. Spin that for... Well, Kyle. Was that Kyle? Ah, right, yeah. Um, Spin there for Lexus... At the top of the hill. It's the pro car. It was indeed the pro car. And ben Barnick at the wheel of that car at the moment. It remains the fastest car in GTD Pro. Uh, Jack Hawks was the one who set the time much earlier. 
Uh, let's just uh, nip down to Sheer Adam down there in the good lane. Shane, go ahead. And then Andrew, you can pick him off the back of Sheer. With Roman DeAngelis. Roman, coming into this race as the defending GTD winner, it's got to put a smile on your and the entire Heart of Racing team's face. Yeah, it's definitely a really good vibe coming back here after last year's last year's win, obviously. So looking forward to, uh, to hopefully getting another race winner, another good result, and more importantly, wrapping a championship up. So. It's all about surviving the first half of the race, which means that you're really racing in the night conditions. Does that make night practice the most important track time you're going to have before the race? I think generally in an endurance race, you set it up so the car is very good in the end when, when you need it. Um, so like Daytona would be midday, and, and for this race, obviously the last few hours into the night when it's nice and cool. So we're definitely going to focus on, on having good balance in the night session, and we need to survive till that point anyway, so let's see if we can make it. This is an endurance race where you've got Maxime in the car with you once again. Uh, the last time that happened was Watkins Glen. That endurance race went pretty well for you. What's it like to add Tom Gamble into the mix to the pro car? Because I know you guys are one big family. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, as a, as a group of us six drivers, we all get along very well. It's, it's almost like we're not in separate cars. Um, but yeah, once again, to have, have Maxime back and, and Ian, we've obviously had, had a good result in Watkins. So hopefully we can continue that, that success role. Good luck this weekend, Roman. Thank you. I'm almost blinded by the race suit here of Betty Keating. The wind's colours, of course, very pink. VR1 Matheson Racing this weekend, Ben. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I would say so far so good, but uh, yeah, we didn't do any testing. I'm still kind of getting used to the track. Uh, the traffic is unbelievable out there right now. Uh, uh, but, you know, Currently, we're the slowest car in the class, and uh, I don't know exactly what happened, but, uh, you know, uh, I just saw Scott back it into the wall, uh, and so uh, uh, things aren't looking too great right now for us, and I don't, uh, I don't know exactly what happened or what the damage looks like, but uh, hopefully we can get out there for the next practice session. Yeah, well, you boys will pull it together, I'm sure. What about next season? What's your Lamar plans? You always uh, uh, do great, such great things. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I, I'll say I'm working on a lot of different things, uh, uh, but uh, yeah, I haven't signed any contracts yet. I'm, well, uh, we'll, I, we'll find out. And are you selling lots of cars and all your dealerships, or is it too big problems still uh, with the chip? Oh, no, it's still been really good. I, I bought eight more dealerships in the last 12 months. And so, you are uh, Mr. Entrepreneur, aren't you? <laughs> and so uh, there's been lots of growth there. It's been really, really busy. Uh, and, uh, you know, i got to pay for this racing somehow, you know. Uh, my wife says, why in the world do you need another dealership? And I said, honey, that looks like a dealership, but that's a racing program. <laughs> then I'll let you get on and try okay. and find out what's going on with that car because I know you're anxious to get to the team. Yeah, thank you, you for stopping by. Yeah, thank you, Andrew. Andrew Marriott with Ben Keating. <laughs> I like that. No, no, it's not another dealership. That's that's half a season of racing. Thanks very much indeed. Yeah, ben he... Keating, brilliantly. Uh, uh, and there's another, I mean, what a great supporter of, of motor racing. Running parallel programmes. Uh, he's been racing in the WEC. Got two fantastic pole positions at Sebring early on. Both uh, lap record pace. For that in two very different cars prototypes and, uh, and the gt uh, gt le mans car um, was on the pole for this race last year mm. uh, as well as ben keating actually ironically scott hoffick set the fastest lap one year ago in that same car 
but uh, I think Ben won't be terribly happy when he gets back to the paddock to see that car. There's quite a lot of right side damage, it would appear. It's uh, not going to polish out, at least. I think that's a fair thing to say. So 11 minutes left of this first Motul Petit Le Mans 2022 IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship live here from the Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre right on the finish line. Hanged off and shore here. It's Mariotti and Sheer Adam down in the pit lane. And still some improvements coming around. Philippe Albuquerque, uh, quickest in the Konica Minolta Acura, number 10, championship contender, of course, as we were mentioning earlier on, a 1.10.6 for him last time around, but that's still pretty much is not. It's exactly a second, isn't it, away from the time that we saw earlier on, the uh, one... Uh, where are we? 1.10.1. No, that's so only 6.10. No, 9.5. 9.5 the 9.5 the fastest? Yeah. Oh, hang on a minute. Scroll the screen up so I can actually see the top time. I was thinking that doesn't even with my bad arithmetic. Nine uh, five is the fastest uh, in the zero two car. That was uh, El Bamba, I think, that put that in earlier on. Jeremy Nods, yeah. the uh, New Zealander. Yet to find out where he's going to be full season uh, next year. Yeah, the um, Cadillac Racing team has announced only two full-time drivers for its LMDH or GTP program next season that being Renko van der Zander and Sebastian Bourdais so uh, question marks are very much there for uh, that program and, and yeah. running also in uh, in the in the WEC as well as another car in WEC correct there's just one here and then one in WEC I think at the moment uh, it, it is so there'll be two Cadillacs here one for uh, what is Badgers Cadillac Racing, the Chip Ganassi run team, and then the uh, Action Express uh, run car, which yeah. I think we mentioned earlier on is going to be uh, Pete Tarani and Alex Sims. Alexander Sims. Sorry, Alexander. He'll be here later on at the weekend for that test. BMW starting to sort themselves out with an announcement uh, a week or so ago with their driving squads. Actually unveiled the car didn't in its livery last uh, a week last week at the at the Peterson Museum in LA. And, uh, that car is going to be supposed to be here on display, I think, isn't it? This this week, uh, that uh, car prior to the test next uh, week. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure it will be. Curious that Porsche decided not to come along to the open test here. That's the car that's done more testing than anybody else, and I, I think rather disappointing that they're not here to. Uh, to uh, put the car through its paces alongside everybody else, trying to. There, there. I asked about this, and uh, Porsche, as ever, were brilliant. Uh, I asked the question; they came straight back to me. Um, the guys in Europe. And the excuses. Uh, well, it, it apparently just doesn't fit with their program as yeah, it stands. Exactly. Yeah, right. um, and you know, there was there was talk of them potentially going to Bahrain um, and doing the race in Bahrain as a invitational car, and the WEC were very very excited about that. And the guys over at Vysak saying, we've done what we need to do. We've got other things we need to do other than being at Road Atlanta at this time. Although they are due to be back in the States for the Daytona test, which I think is early December, isn't it, Jeremy? Um, I was thinking of coming back over for that, but 
um, I've now got other things to do um, in preparation for a ridiculous January, uh, which sees four race weekends consecutively. Dubai 24, Raw before the Rolex, Rolex 24. And delighted to say that we're back off to Bathurst again for the 12 hours. Is that the following week? That's four weeks in a row. Right, right. <laughs> ninth, I ninth changed, I thought they changed that to something. That was last year. Yes, but... It's back to its normal date oh, now. Okay. Um, so that's uh, early, early January, so 9th or 10th to... Around Whoops. about the ninth or tenth. Oh, there's another off. Two cars off the road. Turn one. No, 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 no two, two different offs there were there. It All right. The, it was number 48 car off the road at wherever it was. Ten A, ten B. I only, I only caught the dust from the the oh, twenty, 20 high-class car, car at uh, at turn one, and that was definitely turn one. Still dry, dry enough. I, I mean, sorry for those of you who are suffering at the moment and suffering mightily, but it is it's Whoops. very dry. On the on the uh, outskirts of the track here, the red Georgia clay dust being kicked up anytime anybody goes off, but uh, savable there for the number twenty in Anders Fjord back. Two Michelins off, three Michelins off, four Michelins off, but could steer Jeremy and get that car back on at the yeah. the top of the hill. Now, if there'd been any kind of dampness on that grass at all, he'd have been in big trouble there because that's a big commitment corner. Yeah, it would have been a lot more difficult to keep the car anywhere near the racetrack there but you're right you know, once you get two two wheels up on that curb and the exit of, of turn one you know that it's a long exit if you like it's it it, it it curves around a long long way even after you come out of the corner it's not sort of exit curb and then goes straight it's still curving at that point so you kind of run on or around that exit curb for you know, probably 100 yards uh, and if you're just overstepped it a little bit you know, it becomes more and more of a problem. It just carried a bit too much speed into the corner, missed the apex, ran a bit a little bit wider the exit, and it was well, it was uphill from there, but uh, downhill in terms of uh, his hopes of staying on the black <laughs> yes, stuff. Indeed. Last five minutes. Uh, let's check in one more time with our pit reporters, and we'll start with Shea Adam. I was just watching a nose change going on for the Zero Two Cadillac Racing Car. this it, early in the week. Well, yes, and I thought, is this elective surgery or is this medical surgery? Answer was, it was practice, so it was elective surgery. Um, but it was still intriguing because I've been hearing from a lot of drivers that there has been quite a bit of contact out around the circuit. I mean, we heard from Joao Barbosa earlier on with Sean Creech Motorsport and... Roman DeAngelis actually said that there were a couple of instances where that side of the Aston Martin was just bumped by other people going around the track. So, yeah, I think contact is going to be a very big issue over the course of the weekend, and we are going to see some non-elective nose surgeries. <laughs> yeah. Andrew, where are good, you at Good the plan to do that. Yeah, thing. I think it's a very good plan. Yeah. Andrew, sorry. I'm with uh, Mike Shank here. Mike, i just got to get him to uh, get his attention here. Michael. Hi. Well, it's all at the sharp end now with you and the boys next door at uh, Wayne Taylor Racing. It's going to be a hell of a battle. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be ugly. I'm telling you, we're not coming here to finish second anymore. So uh, whatever it takes for us to win this thing, we're going to do the championship, the race. Um, we're just going hard. We'll do everything we can to win this race. Learned anything in this first session? Yeah, a couple of good things, actually. 
one thing we learned is that this, it's chaos out there with all these cars. Yeah. So, oh, we thought 48 was starting. We think it's down to 44, but it's still a lot. Well, and, this, and, and the speed these DPIs carry around here are tremendous. And I'll tell you, the critical place to watch in the race is going to be turn three. So if people coming out of the pits on cold tires against people on hot tires, it's going to be chaos in turn three. Mike, of course, you're also running your Indy team these days, but you've still kept focus here with the sports cars and the IMSA as well. Yeah, I mean, this is this is home for me. You know, this is how we got to where we're at, and we've had some good, uh, really good life in uh, Grand Am and then IMSA, and uh, it's very, very important to me, uh, to Honda and Acura and HPD and uh, uh, AutoNation Series XM. So we push hard here, and uh, we're, taking, we're, we're bringing the steering wheel back after this one. Plans in place for next year for, for, for both disciplines? Yeah, we're in good shape for next year. We're, uh, we have the tremendous LMDH GTP car that we're going to bring out on Monday, and we're going to show off a little bit this weekend. We're super pleased. Where's it hiding, Mike? Yeah, I can't tell you that. It's very close. It's not far from where you're standing. So. <laughs> oh, I see the transporter there. Hauler. <laughs> That's it. Drivers? We'll be uh, ready to show the world what it looks like soon. Look forward to seeing Great to talk to you. Mike Shank. Mike Shank. Great to can't wait to find out uh, what their drivers will be uh, as well. We've got a reasonable inkling. Uh, at IMSA Radio, if you want to get in touch with us, hello to Sarah Rigby up in Crewe on annual leave. Uh, Crewe in the uh, northwest of England, or northwest Midlands maybe. A bit higher up than that. Home of Bentley Motors, of course. Hello, Sarah. No, you'll be waving your Aston Martin flag. Opportunity for Aston to take it. Uh, Premier GTD victory in the championship this weekend. Sarah will be cheering those guys on. At IMSA Radio, if you want to get in touch with us here at the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Well, Mike Shank was just talking about Turn 3. There's been plenty of excitement there already. And looks like the Mustang sampling machine has just gone awry there as well. Yeah, we saw uh, Westy off there. Was it off there earlier on that he went? Yes, this, it was. This time no, it, it was, yeah. Yeah, it was Lord Duval this time, exploring the, the scenic route there at Turn 3. For the JDC Miller Motorsport uh, entered car. Like who would have been here back in the... Now, was he back in the original Peugeot days, or was he still an Audi driver in, in those days? But uh, busy with the new 9x8, 9x8. It's just 72, isn't it? I'm sorry, I'm going with that. Um, 72 being the uh, being the district that Le Mans is in, or the uh, area of France. That's the uh, county code, I suppose you would call it. Arrondissement, if it was in uh, Paris, but you know what I mean. The... Uh, uh, area that number five car, by the way, for GDC Miller Motorsports, they've had a, a bit of a tough season, but uh, started off fairly well. They had uh, well started off very well, uh, had uh, finished on the podium in the first three races of the season. They've been struggling a little bit since then, but remaining contention for the championship we haven't talked about really yet so far this weekend. It's also, in addition to being the final round of the regular season championship, it's also for the final round of the. Michelin Endurance Cup, ah, yes, which of point. course is a four long distance races, Daytona, Sebring, Watkins Glen and here at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta and that car remains in third position, the chequered flag comes out in this session, 
third in the points, but only two points behind Oliver Jarvis and Tom Blomqvist, who lead for Michael Shank, Meyer Shank Racing. Uh, the Conica Minolta Acura kind of attendance is just one point behind them. And then the GDC Miller Motorsport is one foot point farther back. Uh, and uh, an Action Express, the wheel and engineering candidate, they're only two points further back as well. So very much that championship for the Michelin Endurance Cup in DPI wide open. Check the flag is out, Jeremy. Indeed it is, and uh, it remains that, that time set very early on by Earl Bamber, 109.583, the fastest time in this session. Really no changes for the last probably hour, actually, in terms of the top of the charts in timing, but uh, a lot of work being going, being going on you know, by, by all of the teams here. Second fastest is the Acura of uh, the kind of a 60 car. It's Tom Blomquist who set that time for Meyer Shank Racing much earlier on. In LMP2, it was the number eight Tower Motorsport Orica of uh, Louis Delatraz who set the fastest time in LMP3. It was Colin Brown for court order sport, the championship leader. That's kind of a 54. And in GTD Pro, uh, Jack Hawksworth again very early on for Vassar Sullivan Lexus, kind of a 14, the fastest time. And in GTD regular uh, and behind only the Jack Hawksworth car is Brian Sellers for Paul Miller Racing, it's BMW M4 GT3. Marcelo's li li lives very, very close by here, using his, his former two-time class winner here at Petit Le Mans. Did we hear from uh, Earl Bamba after he set the uh, fastest lap? I don't think we did, did we? We'll try and grab him for you next time around. By the way, the... Uh, John, John. Uh, uh, go ahead, Andrew. Yeah, I'm with Earl Bamba. So oh, there you go. Yeah, Oh. Well, fastest, that was a good start. Yeah, no, that was a, a great start of the weekend. I mean, um, we came down here and did a test about three weeks ago, so um, I think we've, we've done our homework and, our, you know, Cadillac O2 rolled off the truck great, and that's going to change, you know. It's supposed to rain and, and all that sort of stuff, and it's pretty difficult out there in these prototypes at the moment, the big wind gusts and stuff like that, but um, we finally got a clear lap, and, I mean, it's a great weekend. It's going to be interesting with, what, 50, nearly 50 cars, the highest car count per mile the whole season, so it's going to be a wild one. The boys in the booth are speculating where you're going to be next season. I know, you just have to wait and see, won't we? <laughs> well, I, I, I presume you have a deal. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, oh, yeah. I'll regret. Don't, don't you worry about that. But you're a, bit, a very busy guy because you're running courses in various championships around the world, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, on, on the side, I also I also run a, a, my own race team. So actually, next week I'm going down to the Bathurst 1000 to, to watch the Carrera Cup guys. As bad as it sounds, I've never actually seen them race in two years thanks to COVID. So I'm going to go down there and watch that. Um, so yeah, but obviously we've got a bit of testing next week with um, everything that's going on too. So um, it's a, it's exciting times in racing. I think you know the new GDP category next season looks phenomenal. I mean, the cars look amazing. Uh, a lot of people see them on track now. You know, the Cadillac's been fantastic to drive. It sounds awesome. So I think the fans are really going to love it. And I think um, I can't wait for the spectacle that's going to be Daytona uh, when 2023 starts. Excellent. Thanks very much, uh, Earl. And uh, well, no prizes, of course, for being fastest in first practice. I think he just gave away the game then. I think he's going to be in that Cadillac, don't you? Yes. Uh, whether that'll be full season as part of the, uh, the extended family, who knows. But uh, he was drafted in here. 
uh, last year, wasn't he? He was meant to be doing some testing and actually got to race here, the extenuating circumstances for one of the other drivers, and did uh, a very good job indeed. You could hear the smile in Earl Bamba's yes. voice there. EBM, Earl Bamba Motorsport, ca- campaigning Porsches all over the place. Uh, and the Bathurst 1000 next weekend for the Repco Supercars has a Carrera Cup Australia support package on that. And that has brought forward a number of excellent drivers, including, of course, Matt Campbell, uh, who is a Porsche 963 driver uh, next year. I'm not sure whether he'll be here with Mathieu Jaminet or whether he'll be in the WEC. Thanks to Andrew and to Shay and to Jeremy. Uh, uh, all of us here in the booth going to take a, a little bit of a, a little bit of a breather. If you're listening on RS2 around the world, um, we've got a bit of build-up to our Mazda, Edemitsu Mazda first race of the weekend, which comes up in around about 40, 40 minutes time. So if you're uh, outside the track, then you can listen to that on RS2. Green flag at uh, just after 10 past midday here. So yeah, prototype challenge qualifying first oh have you right yeah. okay uh, pc challenge uh, to come as well for those of you here trackside but for the moment with cadillac racing and the zero two car from chip ganassi racing on top that was the first 90 minutes of practice for the imsa weathertech sports car championship at motul patilamon 2022 bye for now this program is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, check imsaradio.com and subscribe to IMSA Radio wherever you get your podcasts.